helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. ago when I still worked in corporate America, I had an interesting conversation with a new manager. During our first meeting, I told him I was more interested in what he would do than what he was saying in the meeting. Well, this statement seemed to surprise him. It turned into a key point in what turned out to be a very good working relationship. When it comes to politicians, I have the same standard. I don't really pay attention so much to what they say. I'm much more interested in what they do. Now, if more Americans had a similar point of view when it came to choosing their employees, I believe America would not only be a freer nation, but a more respected one as well. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. I'm glad you could join me today, and I think it's an important point. We should pay much more attention to what our employees in our state houses, our courthouses, and yes, Washington, D.C., do than what they say. I mean, after all, everybody knows the punchline to this joke. How can you tell when a politician is lying? Yeah, their lips are moving. So I really don't pay put that much stock in what they say. Uh, let me expand a little bit on the story I was telling before. Uh, I was working in corporate America, a very large corporation, and we got a new manager. As often happens, right, the manager brought all the employees together and he wanted to have some some one-on-one -on -one meetings to kind of introduce himself and get to know each other. Well, it was my turn, so I went into the office and sat down and, again, we introduced each other and he told me a little bit about his background and and afterwards, you know, after a very short time, he said, uh, he asked me, do you have any questions? And I said, no, not really. And he seemed somewhat perplexed. I said, understand, um, I, no insult. I'm going to judge much more based on what you do than what you say here in the meeting. You can tell me anything in the meeting. I don't know you. I don't have any way of judging uh, the quality of what it is you say here. So, you know, I'm going to to kind of wait and see what you do. Now, okay, it was a little bit tense at first, but oh, okay, I think I got the point. And it was interesting because over the next year, uh, we had opportunities to interact, obviously. And, and he got to, he showed me, what he did. He showed me how he managed. And interestingly enough, on the one-year anniversary of that first meeting, he called me up out of the blue and said, Paul, so how am I doing? And I was stunned because I'm like, oh, it was out of context. And I'm like, what? He said, you wouldn't judge me by what I said, but by what I do. It's been a year. How did I do? And again, it, it turned into a a a very good working relationship between the two of us because I think we had an understanding of um, of the relationship and what it was based on. Similarly, I I ask the same question. Whenever uh, someone comes looking for my vote, the first thing I ask them is, um, you know, show me where you upheld your oath to support the Constitution when it cost you something. It's I want to see what you do. Don't tell me what you're gonna do. Don't give me promises. Don't. I'm not worried. I'm not paying any attention to that. That is meaningless. I want to see what you do. Because what we do tells a lot about who we are. Uh, for example, uh, I've been asked lately several times about uh, executive orders. Now, how many of you remember when President Obama said, 
uh, we're not going to be waiting for for legislation. I've got a pen and I've got a phone and I can use that pen to sign executive orders and executive actions and administrative actions. See, to me, this was a perfect example of executive overreach. In fact, it should go down in history as one of the greatest abuse of, president, of a president's executive power, his attempt to usurp the other branches of government. But if Mr. Obama's attempt to overthrow the legislative process was a good example or a perfect example, it's not the first. It certainly was not the last. So I think to understand the the abuses of these powers, the actions taken by many presidents, we need to understand a little bit more about executive orders. So the first thing, what is an executive order? Well, according to the law dictionary, it's a direct act, a directive action from a prime minister or president to its executive governmental agencies in an official document. An executive or, order, or an EO for short, well, they've been around as long as the Republic, but what are they? They are formal instructions from the president to the executive agencies. They are how the president exercises his power to execute the laws of the United States. But we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Before we started numbering and cataloging them, presidents from George Washington on have issued orders to the executive agencies. In June of 1789, President Washington ordered the heads of his executive departments to submit, to submit reports on their operations as authorized by Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 of the Constitution of the United States. However, these EOs have not always been so benign. For example, in 1942, then-President Franklin D. Roosevelt issued an EO mandating the illegal internment of Japanese Americans. Now, starting in 1862, the Secretary of State would start number issuing numbers for each executive order. What was the first numbered order? President Abraham Lincoln issued an executive order establishing a provisional court in Louisiana. Now, since 1936, these EOs have been collected in the Code of Federal Regulations. Now, contrary to President Obama's assertion, executive orders are not all-powerful and are not intended to bypass the legislative process. They are not part of the supreme law of the land, as established by Article 6, Clause 2 which states, this Constitution and the laws of the United States which shall be made in pursuance thereof, and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land. So if executive orders are not part of the supreme law of the land, where do they get their authority? Mostly from our own general ignorance about the Constitution. Notice that executive orders are recorded in the Code of Federal Regulations, not the United States Code. These regulations are often enforced as if they were law, though they are not. Remember, all power for making laws is vested in Congress, not the presidency. That's Article 1, Section 1 of the Constitution. All legislative power herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and House of Representatives. No federal regulation is law, contrary to what federal courts have opined. Congress may pass a law authorizing an executive agency to pass regulations, but those are not laws. See, Congress's attempt to thrust their lawmaking power onto the executive branch is just another violation of the Constitution, since Congress is not authorized to delegate their lawmaking power. Now, since regulations are not law, by extension, executive orders, which are instructions on regulations, are also not laws. Like any other power, the president's power to issue orders to the executive departments cannot legally be used to bypass the Constitution or laws of the United States. 
See, executive orders are orders to the executive branch, not the American people. In other words, they are not edicts. See, although often treated as such, executive orders are not simply edicts from the government. Edict is defined as a positive law promulgated by the sovereign of a country and having reference either to the the whole land or some of its divisions, but usually relating to affairs of state. It differs from a public proclamation in that it enacts a new statute and carries with it the authority of law. See, contrary to the way we may act, the president is not the sovereign of the country. He's an executive of the government of the United States. Nothing more. He is an employee of the states, hired by the states via an election, and bound to the laws established by the states in the compact that created the office of president. The Constitution of the United States. Since his powers are primarily limited to executing the laws of the United States, including the Constitution, any executive orders he may issue that are beyond his power are void and legally meaningless. If executive orders cannot be directed at the American people, how does a president create orders like Biden's vaccine mandate? Well, if you read these EOs carefully, you'll find the president is ordering his executive agencies to violate the Constitution. In the case of Biden's fake vaccine mandate, the president ordered executive agencies and departments to establish rules. Some of these rules were limited to the executive agencies. Others, however, were to promulgate federal regulation in violation of the Constitution. In other words, not only does the president violate his own oath of office, but those who comply with his illegal orders do so as well. So why was President Obama able to use his pen and his phone? Because so few Americans even have a basic understanding of the Constitution. They simply believe the lie that they've been told, that the president is the most powerful man in the world. This includes law enforcement agencies at all levels. This means that deputies enforcing an illegal executive order, he often doesn't realize they're committing a crime because they've been taught that when the president issues an order, people are expected to follow it without question. That's not how a republic works, ladies and gentlemen. That's how a dictatorship does. It also brings us to a very important problem created by our ignorance. See, how many companies with more than 100 employees simply followed what they had been told that President Biden had issued an executive order requiring them to institute a vaccine mandate. See, they had seen it in the news that the president had announced sweeping mandates requiring them to either vaccinate their employees or require weekly testing. Most of these corporations complied. However, not only did President Biden not have, have absolutely no legal authority to issue such a mandate, I don't believe he actually signed an executive order to that effect. Such has been the brainwashing of the American people that thousands submitted to an illegal mandate that was never actually made, only announced. And the few Americans who pointed out that such a mandate was a blatant violation of the Fifth Amendment's due process clause, well, they were ridiculed, threatened, fired, and eventually vindicated. All because a majority of Americans don't know that our president is not a king. See, what most Americans seem to forget is that the federal government is not able to enforce all of their laws, rules, and regulations. They are dependent on state and local governments to do much of the enforcement for them. But this is a good thing. See, the federal government has no legal authority to order state and local officials to enforce their laws. This was confirmed by the Supreme Court in the case Prince v. United States. Quoting, the Brady Act's interim provision commanding CLEOs, or chief law enforcement officers, to conduct background checks is unconstitutional. 
Now, once the state and local aid, uh, enforcement agencies realize they're not legally bound to enforce federal law, well, they can learn to stand up and say no. They can look at these illegal executive orders and just say no. They can look at the innumerable unconstitutional regulations and say no. They could even go so far as charging and arresting any federal agent who breaks the law, including the Constitution of the United States, for crimes they commit within their jurisdiction. What a wonderful thing knowledge can be. Now, when did executive orders become edicts from a monarch? Like so many things, it happened slowly, then very rapidly. It started with Congress not wanting to write laws, so they, they started writing frameworks and turned over the details to the executive agencies. We didn't think too much about it, Congress abdicating their lawmaking powers. After all, it, it, it's just what we expected. We did nothing. Then as the American people began looking at the president more and more like a king, expecting him to take care of things, it made sense that he would issue edicts to the American people. We've all been told that knowledge is power, but that isn't exactly true. Knowledge itself can do nothing. However, knowledge used effectively is power. The tyrants in Washington, D.C. and your state house are depending on your ignorance to allow them to get away with their malfeasance. Which I believe is why our first Chief Justice said, Every member of the state ought diligently to read and to study the Constitution of his country and teach the rising generation to be free. By knowing their rights, they will sooner perceive when they are violated and be the better prepared to defend and assert them. So you see many candidates for president, they say, oh, we're going to do these wonderful things, but how often do they see? And again, I'm not, I, I picked on Obama and Biden. I could just easily pick on Bush and Trump and, and even Reagan. So the, the, they, they talk about being president, but they act more, more often than not, sometimes they act like a king. And I think we need to be wise enough to look at that and say, well, wait a second. If you say you're going to follow the Constitution and don't, or if you take an oath to follow the Constitution and, and don't, or if you just claim that, uh, you know, oh, we're, we're, you know, there's certain things we can't do, but you start issuing edicts like you're a king, then we should, we're, we're, not, we're the ones that are openly responsible because we're the ones that help choose them. And I think the American people need to be more responsible, recognize their responsibility in the actions of the people they hire to represent them. Now, I'm going to have to take a break here shortly. Before I do, though, I want to bring you up to speed on a couple of things. Uh, as always, I like to point you to the website, constitutionstudy.com. There's a lot there that uh, I hope you'll find interesting. I've added a news section, an interview section, a section for the radio program, and there's a whole new look and feel. There's something I'm considering adding, and I really want your input. I really want to know if this is something you would find helpful, and that is mail up more mailing lists. See, right now I've got three mailing lists. I've got my monthly newsletter, my weekly insider, and one that where I send all of my my new posts, all of my my article and video posts and stuff like that that I send out. Um, those are already there. Would you be interested in getting um, uh, getting email updates of say news items? And I'm thinking a once a day thing. I'm not talking about flooding your email with with news items, but would you see like once a day a digest of all the news the, the the news items that I've picked out to share on the website, or maybe the radio programs? You'd like to get an email once a day of radio programs when they post um, anything. I've got I've got my my uh, uh, interviews. Like if I'm being interviewed on a program, I try to get a link so I can point you to that as well. 
If you'd be interested in that, please let me know. Go to the website, constitutionstudy.com. Just click ask a question and well, just instead of asking a question, tell me, G. Paul, I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see your news, or I'd, I'd like to see the radio program. And, and if there are enough people that are interested in it, I'll try to set it up on the system. It's kind of, it'd be, I think it'd be interesting, but it's really what do you want to see? That's to me what is more important. Of course, I've also got the boot camp going. Now, the Patriots program is still a little longer. I'm, I'm having a little bit of problems with the, the technology on the back end. But you can take the boot camp and once the boot, you finish the boot camp and the Patriots program is up and running, you'll get a, an email invitation to join it. Go to the boot camp. Just go to constitutionstudy.com slash boot camp to find out more. And if you've been paying attention to the, the news, you know, there's, they're calling for another round of COVID. This is, what do they call it, the, the election variant? We've got an election coming up, so we have to have a new variant of COVID. Well, whether it's COVID or the flu or just, hey, the crud. The best thing you can do to keep from getting these things is to make sure you have a healthy immune system. Now, I do a pretty good job, except when I travel. I have a hard time when I'm traveling. And I've found a product that allows me to support my immune system while I'm on the road with a simple, easy-to-use, travel-ready gel pack. It's Healthy Cells Immune Super Boost. These are, are nutrients and vitamins that are designed. There's over a dozen supplements to protect your health, to boost your immune system in that one travel-ready gel pack. Like I said, I throw it in my bag when I leave, and it helps keep me from getting sick. And you can find out more at americaoutloud.shop. What I'd love for you to do is go to healthycell.com and check out Immune Super Boost or any of their products. And if you use the code out loud, you'll get 25% off your first order. This is a great deal because A, it lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, well, you get 25% off your first order if you use that code out loud at checkout. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. 
You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study, and today we're looking at what people do, not so much at what they say. The first segment, I covered a lot on executive orders and how they are used you know, we talk about the president being an exe- the chief executive. Sometimes they tend to act like kings. Well, here's some examples of what has the recent president, and by the way, Congress, right, let's not leave them out, what have they done? Well, in some cases, they have increased employment. You hear President Biden talk about all the time about how much, what he's done is increased government employment. See, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, Bureau of Labor Statistics, don't know why my tongue tripped over that one. Uh, during January to August of this year, 2023, the federal government has added. I'm sorry, the public sector. Get this right. The public sector has added 327,000 jobs. In fact, it accounts for 17.4 percent of all jobs. Yeah, think about that. The, the these are our government employees, government jobs are growing like crazy. Now compare this to last year, the same period last year, only 175,000 public sector jobs were added. We're seeing be adding a lot of governments of public sector jobs, government sector jobs, which I guess if you are government focused and you're increasing jobs in the government, well then, well, you are increasing jobs and, and well, that's, well, kind of what they've been saying. How about this idea that you know the the uh, open border is not a problem? There's there's nothing nothing to see here. You know, it's all just you know great and and, and wonderful. Um, according to the president of Colombia, I don't mean the university in New York. I mean the country, the South American country, Colombia. They plan on sending one million economic migrants from around the world to the United States in 2024. That's right. Colombia, one country. They're going to send a million, and they couldn't know, it's economic migrants, meaning these are not asylum seekers. You're legally in the United States. You cannot seek asylum for economic reasons. But they're sending them to us. Why are they sending them to us? Well, for a couple of reasons. One is Congress has created a ridiculously stupid immigration system. And President Biden has refused to enforce what what uh, uh, immigration laws we currently have. So, um, what are we doing? Well, we're increasing government jobs, and we are encouraging illegal uh, entry into this country uh, for people who, again, they're looking for a better way of life. I, I can't say that 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 I blame them for that, but um, that's not asylum. That's coming in and and, and dis- destroying our economy. Because every job that is is 
filled by someone who came here illegally is a job that's not available maybe for a, a, a poor or otherwise unskilled American who would like to get a job but can't because, well, somebody who doesn't have to follow the laws doesn't have to get paid as much as someone who does. Well, all right, let's take another example. We'll look somewhere else. How about the, the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen? Yeah, she, the, the Treasury is releasing new guidelines for financial institutions. Now, you'd think that the Secretary of Treasury would be concerned with, oh, I don't know, financial matters, wouldn't you? No, 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 no. These are new guidelines to financial institutions regarding net zero carbon emission goals. See, they say they're about a robust economy. No, they're not. They're about, they're about promoting a climate agenda. In fact, the, the Se Secretary Yellen said, the physical aspects of climate change are impossible to ignore. No, they're not. They're easy to ignore because the actual effects of climate change are negligible. She pointed to recent record-breaking heat waves, except they weren't record-breaking heat waves. They were record-breaking if you only look back the last few years. You look back more than a decade or so, these are not record-breaking heat waves. And to have a heat wave in one location that doesn't impact another, granted, it was hot this year. It's called summer. So the action of putting out these goals means that the Treasury Secretary isn't really interested in the paying the bills of the United States, in, in, in the financial status of the United States. She's interested in, in, in promoting a failed agenda. The, 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 the failed mantra of climate change. It's been proven wrong for decades. I don't care what the politicians say. How can you tell when a politician's lying? Their lips are moving. But Paul, Shannon Yellen's not a politician. Absolutely, she's a politician. At the head of every one of these agencies is a political appointee. That means they're politicians, ladies and gentlemen. So what we're being told is we're not the, the Treasury Department is not worried about, oh, balancing the budget or being fiscally responsible with our money. No, they want to promote an agenda and they really don't care. How's this one? Uh, the Biden administration recently approved $37 million in student loan forgiveness. That's right. Now, she, they, th th this was a little interesting, interesting for me in a couple levels. The education department said that uh, these students were brazenly deceived by uh, was it the University of Phoenix. Well, if it's the University of Phoenix that lied, that, was, that misled these students, why are the American people paying the bill? Why is the education department, which, by the way, doesn't legally exist because it's not a power delegated to the United States, why are they not suing the University of Phoenix to recover the debt from these students. Because this is not about making students whole. This is about bribing people to vote for the Democrats. There's a reason why only Democrat administrations are stupid enough to believe that the proper way of dealing with these problems is to simply get the American people to pay for it. They took $37 billion, they stole $37 billion out of your pockets. Where did the Biden administration, where is the appropriation from Congress that authorizes the administration to write off $37 million in loans? Where? I want to see it. Because if it's not there, then what the Biden administration and the Department of Education have done is 
criminal. Oh, by the way, criminal, that's right. That is embezzlement. That is a crime. And if it's a crime at a high level, that's a high crime. Isn't that what is necessary for impeachment? Think of all the political impeachment rhetoric that's been going around. Here you have what appears to be evidence, obvious evidence of a high crime, the embezzlement of taxpayer dollars to pay off something that the federal government is not with the Biden administration. Again, now maybe did Congress authorize this? Where? Show me. If not, that's embezzlement, ladies and gentlemen. Wouldn't it be nice if our idiots in Congress spent less time posturing about donkeys versus elephants and said, wait a second, Biden administration, where is our appropriation for you to write off this money? We don't have it. That's a crime. Gutierrez, come up here to Capitol Hill. We have, we, we've got articles of impeachment for you. See, what do they do? They're not interested in making students whole. Again, this is, plain, this is flat out bribery. This is embezzlement and bribery. You, they are giving people something corruptly to, to, uh, to change their mind about who to vote for. Or how about this one for the Department of Health? The idea that, uh, that these vaccines work. That's right. U.S. Health Secretary Javier Becerra, another illegal position, right? because public health is not a power delegated to the United States, has recently defended the administration's widespread promotion of the new COVID-19 vaccines, despite the fact that there is little, if any, data supporting the actual use and significant amount of data saying these may be dangerous. He simply said, these vaccines work. Yeah, well, look at what they do. They don't work. The CDC's own data shows that for 12 to 17-year-olds, after over they did a study over six months, per every million doses, they prevent between zero and one death. One in a million that it prevents. Oh, Paul, but it saves just one life. Yeah, what about the lives that are destroyed? What about the cases of myocarditis? What about the cases of, of heart attack? What about the cases of people, athletes even, simply dropping down dead shortly after taking the vaccine? Don't you think if one out of a million deaths are prevented, but say one out of 10,000, one of 100,000 is caused, I think that's a bad deal. But here you have hobby. Oh, no, we, we, we need to promote this. This is not about science, ladies and gentlemen. They call it science. This is not science. This is about power and money. Power, the ability to control the lives of others. And trust me, Pfizer, Moderna, they are making money hand over fist. And if you don't think they're spreading some of that money around the, the, the Capitol Hill and this administration, I got a bridge to sell you. I, ha I personally have a friend, actually two of them, that were coerced blatantly coerced by their medical professional under the auspices of the CDC and the FDA and this administration to take the vaccine because of a, uh, a, a, a because if something went wrong during during some medical issues they were dealing with they had to go to the hospital well the hospital might delay their treatment because they didn't take a fake vaccine that's not legally a vaccine that's experimental this ladies and gentlemen is a violation of federal law it was a violation of of medical ethics and this idiot wants to say oh no they are they 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 work they do not work
Look at what they do, not what these idiots say. Well, for example, he said, uh, actually, there's a lot of data available about the vaccines. There's a lot of data available about the effectiveness of the vaccines. But the best data, the best proof of their effectiveness is that we're all standing here alive because we've been vaccinated. Wrong. You're standing there alive because this drug, I'm sorry, this, this disease, COVID-19, has a 0.06% morta- mortality rate. In fact, evidence shows that you're more likely to get COVID if you get vaccinated. This is the idiot. But again, if we listen to what people say, we pay no attention to what they do. You know, like the Bidens, how many times have they been vaccinated and how many times have they gotten COVID? Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, or as a friend of mine says, it doesn't take a rocket surgeon or a brain scientist. It All you have to do is pick your head up out of the ground and look, and it's staring you right in the face. Or how about this, right? The FBI and the IRS both probed allegations that Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign may have committed campaign finance criminal violations. How? By allowing politically connected lawyer to help pay off Hunter Biden's tax debts. Now, okay, this is being investigated. There's a problem. The there were agents uh, were blocked by federal prosecutors from actually investigating it. You think this is simply a problem with the Biden administration? This is the, the you know did this start under the Trump administration? Is it the swamp that's the problem? Because if these allegations are true, that not only were did the the Biden campaign potentially have criminal violations of campaign finance laws but that the Department of Justice in the arm of the uh, prosecutors prevented or interfered with the investigation, that's obstruction of justice. If that in any way can be tied, whoever it's tied to, that's a crime, which means at least they should be impeached. While we're at it, we've got uh, Biden says he wants to create an anti-constitutional activist. He wants to create what they call a gun violence prevention office, which pretty much means what they're going to be doing is finding out ways to abridge your right to keep and bear arms, to violate their oath to the Constitution, and basically do what the governor of New Mexico has been trying to do, and that is wipe her backside with the Constitution of the United States. Now, this should be a surprise to absolutely no one. This is the same idiot who said, if someone breaks into your house, we'll take your double-barrel shotgun and blast both, both shots into the air. That'll, that'll do it. That's what is being used in our country today. And well, listen, I would love to reduce gun violence, but, you know, there's something out there. there there's like evidence. It's, the FBI has crime statistics, and there's a couple of interesting things. Um, uh, one is, the vast majority of gun crimes are committed by people who own their guns illegally already. So how does making something super more illegal going to change anything? It doesn't. Which means what are they really after? They want to make sure the American people are as disarmed as they can make them. Because I know of no tyrannical overthrow of, of, of liberty, of an institution of a, of a tyrannical government that didn't have as a major component disarming the american people disarming the people because you can't if you have an armed populace they can fight back if you disarm them you make it harder for them to fight back never forget ladies and gentlemen 
the Battle of Lexington, the, the, the shot heard around the world, the battle that started the American Revolutionary War was over gun control. It was the British Army attempting to confiscate, uh, to secure the, the, the powder house and confiscate the gunpowder of the colonists. That was the bridge too far. That's what was the Battle of Lexington and the fight at Lexington Green. Gun control. It hasn't changed in 250 years. Now, I have to take another break. Before I go, though, I do want to remind you something. You know, I go to, I have a list of news feeds I get every day. Every night I'm reading through these, hundreds of them. And I get information from AmericaOutloud.news every day. There's there's information there. There's, there's news. There's commentaries. There's articles. There's podcasts. There's videos. There's all sorts of stuff that... Sometimes I put them on the radio here. Sometimes it's on the website or social media. But there's some great information out there. But if I'm doing it, I shouldn't be doing it alone. You should too. You should go to americaoutloud.news every day to see what's going on and then find the stories and podcasts, the videos that, that you find interesting, that you find important, and share them. You know, they say knowledge is power, but knowledge is not power unless you do something with it. Spread the knowledge, spread the word, and by doing so, you're helping to secure the blessings of liberty. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution Study today. I pay less attention to what they say. I look at what they do, and I really think you should too. You know, there's an old saying, the clothes make the man. There's another old saying, dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. 
And it, it, it's a basic understanding of, of people, we make snap judgments on others in part by the way they're dressed, the way they carry themselves. And it's the, the rationale behind dress codes. Now, I, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with dress codes because uh, very often these codes, are they're very broad. They don't make sense for the individual uh, uh, groups that you work with. Uh, for example, uh, as a systems engineer, my goal was always to dress maybe one step above my customer. That depended a lot on who my customer was. Uh, certain customers I had, their standard dress was was fairly moderate. I mean, it was jeans and and t-shirts. So to be one step above above, I'd wear maybe you know Dockers and a and a polo. Other places I'd walked in and a suit and tie was bare minimum. But it's this this understanding of there's a a certain expectation and a certain look, and of course that goes beyond simply uh, um, you know your everyday. This includes pretty much everyone, which kind of brings me to Senator Fetterman. Uh, Senator Senator Fetterman is, let's say, one of the things he's known for is his informal dress. It's beyond forget it's not it's not informal. It's not even relaxed. It is. Um, childish i would say now listen it's one thing if i'm working around the house i'm you know and i'm wearing you know shorts and 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 something like that that's one thing you know i wear shorts and t-shirts around the house fine when i go out to meet with customers when i go out to meet with anybody who's even a potential customer i don't dress that way i wear nice pants i wear at least a polo uh, in some cases i will wear a shirt and tie or a shirt and a jacket but I'm looking to to dress a certain way because it says something. Other people make will make snap judgments about me, which makes me wonder what it says to see a senator, a U.S. senator, showing up for an official press briefing in a hoodie. Yeah, it kind of says um, the job he wants is to be uh, a, a surfer bum. Now there was an informal dress code in the U.S. Senate. It, it was. It wasn't written down, it wasn't formal, but there was a certain expectation of dress, especially on the floor of the U.S. Senate. Well, Chuck, uh, Chuck Schumer announced that they were dropping this informal dress code, that senators were able to dress whatever they, they wanted. Now, again, uh, the, to the, 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 the part of me that believes in, in, in liberty, okay, uh, I actually don't have a tremendous problem with the let them dress the way they want. I look at how they are dressing, and it tells me a lot about the person. And I don't mean the, the, the snap judgment. I'm looking at this saying, you're telling me that uh, shorts and a hoodie are appropriate dress for representing these the, the, the individual states in the United States. You're, you're telling me that the people of Pennsylvania Look at this as the proper way to represent them as a beach bum. It, it, it to me, says a lot more about the American people than this poor stroke victim. The fact that the people of, of, of Pennsylvania thought that a stroke victim was the best person to, to... And again, he had a stroke. It's not his fault, but really, this is the best person you could find? No, this shows me that, that Pennsylvania is driven by party politics more than a rational sense of, oh, I don't know, governing a nation. 
But I look at this and say, to see Fetterman um, actually uh, uh, presiding over the Senate as the, um, it's not the, it's not pro tempore. The when the president or the when the, the president of the Senate or the president pro tempore isn't in in the in the 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 chamber, they pick one senator to, to preside over it, and it was John Fetterman's, and he was in a a short sleeve shirt and shorts. Says a lot about the quality of the Senate, a lot about the quality of the senators nowadays. Now, if that isn't enough to to scare you, consider this. This is uh, uh, Senator Susan Collins. I plan to wear a bikini tomorrow to the Senate floor. Excuse me. But that imagery, I'm, I'm sorry. If, if you feel the sudden urge to claw your eyes out because of that, I apologize. Now again, it, Ms. Collins is not a uh, an ugly woman. She's not my type. But the thought of, a, of any woman that age wearing a bikini especially in such a place as the Senate, uh, does make me a bit nauseous. But you see, this is what they do. And again, Chuck Schumer, majority leader, he's like, okay, uh, I have a senator who apparently is too mentally impaired to actually dress the part of a U.S. senator, so we'll just relax the rules. You ever notice how all these collectivists don't bring us up to a higher level? They're always about bringing everybody down always down to the lowest level, down to our most basest uh, 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 habits and, and standards. And um, it's what they do. And speaking of what they do, and by they, I, I mean the collectivists, um, they attack those who oppose them. So again, we've got multiple attempts to um, keep Trump off the 2024 ballot by simply claiming that uh, he participated in an insurrection. The fact that he told people to peacefully and patriotically demonstrate doesn't matter. In the minds of the the collectivists, um, any challenge to their authority, even the questioning of an election where they won, is considered an insurrection, an attempt to overturn the government. And now the, the actual the case in Arizona is set to go before a federal judge on October 23rd. And this, to me, it should be an interesting case. It, it, it's interesting, one, because, again, this is in federal court. And even the, the, uh, uh, the state attorney um, says this, this case isn't ready. It's a, it's a waste of, I'm sorry, the Secretary of State, Adrian Fontes, says it's a waste of taxpayer money. But it's, again, based on the, uh, you know, the answer of, we hate Trump, therefore, what can we do to get Trump? Because if they, if this really was the case, if if you think about it, what did Trump do? What do you have evidence that Trump did? He said there was a there were problems in the election in 2020 for the presidential election in multiple states, and he complained about it, and he offered people to demonstrate about it, and we've seen that for years, for decades. We saw demonstrations. We saw people uh, claiming that elections were fraudulent. That uh, the we people who won. I'm sorry, people who lost saying that they've won, even though they didn't actually win. Um, we've had challenges to the presidential election. We've had attempts to overturn a presidential election repeatedly. They haven't been charged. It's what they do. They talk about saving American democracy. They're not interested in American democracy. They apparently are interested in the American Democratic Party. 
But the last thing they're interested in is actual, and again, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. They're not interested in the rule of law. They're not even interested in what the people want to say. They simply say, we don't like this opponent. And of course, one of the things we often hear, well, we have to do it to save the children. We have to save the If it saves just one child, we can do anything we want as long as it saves just one child. Well, a school board in, uh, I think it was Southern Pennsylvania, uh, they decided, they voted to continue letting, quote-unquote, transgender students use whatever restroom they want, which led hundreds of high school students to walk out of class in protest. See, according to the Den Delaware Valley Journal, about 400 students at uh, Perkman High School walked out the other Friday in protest over this idea of letting boys in the girls' room and girls in the boys' room. See, the board voted five to four against a policy requiring boys to use the boys' room and girls to use the girls' room, something that has been largely part of the human experience for centuries, if not millennia. The school board doesn't want to follow that. We're not going to pass that. And I'm glad the students walked out. I mean, they've walked out for a lot, uh, a lot more foolish things. But, um, you know, again, it's not, you know, they say they're worried about the children. What about the children that are endangered or just plain embarrassed about the idea of having the opposite sex in a situation with a, a restroom to have a boys in a boy in the, in the girls room. Um, girls feel uncomfortable. They, most girls feel uh, the, the, their body modesty. They, it's, they don't like it. And then you think about a boys room where you're not even dealing with stalls, you're dealing with urinals and have a girl walk in. It's just, wrong but that's what they do how about this one california has become uh, the pervert capital of the nation i mean it's just these people are just plain whacked um one of the things that they've been pushing is the idea they've been the, the, the state has been going after uh school districts that implement policies that say the parents must be notified if a student claims to be transgender doesn't say they need their approval, just says they need to be notified. Well, a, a, a U.S. District Court uh, out of San Diego said, uh, yeah, no. The state policy that bars schools from notifying parents when the students want to change gender, it violates the rights of the parents. No. But again, it's what California government does. They promote perversion. It's like they, they do everything they can to destroy the family and promote every warped, perverted sexual idea that seems to come along. Because California has a history of simply dictating to people what they are allowed to, to, to believe, um, you know, and, and including whether or not, you know, a, 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 anyone can change their gender, can change their sex. They don't like the fact that that's it, but they promote that, and they don't want any competition. Sometimes they learn a little bit. For example, um, California, remember, they passed a law a year ago that threatened doctors who spread information the state doesn't like. They threatened, they said, we will take your license if you don't toe the party line. If you don't say exactly what we want you to say, you question the validity of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, the, the efficacy of the uh, vaccines, you could lose your license. You recognize that there's anecdotal evidence that ivermectin is, works as treatment, you can lose your license. Well, okay, the legislature finally approved a bill that repeals parts of that. Um, 
even that, like I said, parts of it. California is the tyrannical state, one of the most tyrannical states in the union. They talk about freedom and liberty when all they do is crush anybody who disagrees with them. And let's head to the other coast. See, New York City is working on a, a reparations plan, you know, kind of like the stupid one that California has, where they're going to pay people who were not harmed, and they're going to take it from people who did not harm anyone else. It's, it's, it's bribery. It's flat-out bribery. But as part of the plan, <laughs> considering removing statues of George Washington, that's part of a, a reparations plan. Okay, yes, George Washington did own slaves. In fact, Virginia law prevented him from freeing his slaves for quite, for, for quite a while. In fact, I, I don't even know if he's freed them until his death. Uh, but no, that's okay. The father of the nation, we have to take down his statues because, well, we want people to feel better. This is, this is just more racist rhetoric. So while the city is dealing with an, uh, a, a, they call it a migrant crisis. It's an alien crisis. They're not migrants. These aren't people who came here to, to migrated here to, to live here legally. They came illegally. They are illegal aliens. Um, but in the middle of that crisis, part of the state, city's focus is deconstructing our country, deconstructing our history. Arguably the greatest president this nation ever had the one that established so many of the, the standards and traditions of the present United States. We have to deconstruct them. They have to break them down. Partially, I believe, because what they do is they aren't interested in freedom and liberty and rights. They're interested in power and control and collectivism. It is, ladies and gentlemen, what they do. And and that's how we should judge these people. These 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 actions are not those of freedom-loving Americans. These are actions of tyrants. These are actions of bullies. These are actions of, of people arrogant enough to believe they know better than everybody else how they should live their lives. They they believe it in a one-size-fits-all, my way or the highway, and they are more than willing to use force to get their way. That's how we judge them. That's how we judge their actions, I should say. I look at what they do, and what they do is evil. It's tyrannical. It's destructive to the rights. It's destructive to the rule of law. And ladies and gentlemen, this is just a short list. I don't care what these people say. I look at what they do. And what they do screams tyranny. So what are we going to do about it? We have an election coming up in a little over one year. And for the next year, you're going to hear politicians and pundits promise everything. They're going to promise you the moon. They're going to promise you absolutely everything that you could possibly want if you just vote for them. Or they're going to spend their entire time vilifying their opponents as if they are truly the devil incarnate. But look at what they do. And I don't care, Democrat, Republican, donkey, elephant, I don't care. Look at what they do. Do they uphold their oath to support the Constitution of the United States? Ladies and gentlemen, people keep saying the Republican Party is the last passion of the Constitution. It is not. I've watched as multiple candidates for the office of president for the, nominate, uh, the Republican nomination have promised things they're constitutionally forbidden from doing. 
Let's stop listening to the rhetoric. Let's stop valuing the rhetoric. Let's start paying attention to what people do. I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me for what I just said, but I'm going to look at what people do. And if what they do is, the, is violate the Constitution, then they are not worthy of, my, of representing me. They're not qualified to do so. It's not only my job, it's my duty to inform other people of that fact in an attempt to prevent them from doing what it is they've shown they want to do. And that is cripple and crush the document designed to protect your rights. Now, what I hope you'll do, and I can't, I can't force you, but I'm going to ask you, is to come back here for the Constitution Study, heard every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America on Loud Talk Radio on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, all of my episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. Listen on your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave us ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But please, do more. Don't just listen. Share. Take the links, take the stories, take the episodes, share them as far and as wide as you can. If knowledge is po- and action is power, sharing this information is sharing the blessings of liberty.